0: You are listening to The Recovered Therapist, brought to you by FreshOutOfPlans.com. I'm Jeannie Griffin, and I'll be your host. Instead of focusing on labels, diagnoses, and psychobabble, we keep things honest, simple, and hopeful so that you can grow personally and spiritually. Thank you for joining me. Many of you who know me personally know that half the time I can't breathe. That has occurred since I was a tiny girl, and had respiratory problems Uh, either. I remember even like age six or so, um, my parents using nose sprays so that I could possibly breathe. And one of the things that I learned about myself when I was trying to give up cigarettes Oh, I went to every school of stop smoking, and I was a dropout, and I relapsed on all of them. You know, I went to hypnosis, and we all sat in Lazy Boy recliners, and the uh, doctor who was in charge uh, ended up moving me to the front of the class, because all I did was fall asleep in the Lazy Boy, because I was a young mother and had a baby at home, never got any sleep at night, so I'd go to my stop smoking class, and and as he did, counted down, I was already asleep, and he would wiggle my toe uh, to try to wake me up again. And then I would pay him $150 back in the 100 years ago and walk out and light up a cigarette on my way home. But eventually, and that was during the time when the World Health Organization was saying that nicotine was not addictive. So that tells you how old I was and how many years ago I smoked three packs a day. And so I clear my breath now. Finally, when I would try to give up smoking, I noticed that the cigarette that I loved the best was the last one I smoked before I went to bed. The house was quiet, my family had fallen asleep, and I was still kind of restless. But I would smoke a cigarette and relax. And then I thought, good grief, Jeannie. You're doing something for yourself, but it's sabotaging, and you're killing yourself. So I thought, all right, I've got to give up the cigarette. What is it about this very last cigarette that I love? And what it was, it wasn't a cigarette. It wasn't even the nicotine. I wanted a deep breath. I wanted to get that breath all the way to my end of my lungs, just to breathe in. So one of the ways that I started gaining some uh, traction on this quitting smoking thing was when I wanted a a cigarette, I wouldn't take one, but I would pretend to take that first drag, just the drag from my tippy toes all the way up to my head of uh, crown chakra. You know, I just wanted that deep breath. And I found that when I did that, it helped me stave off the, the desire or the craving for the cigarette. Okay, what has that got to do with your life? Well, I picked up a book that was published a couple of years ago, New York Times bestseller, called Breath by James Nestor. And I have been plodding my way through it um, for the last couple of years because. Here I am, a few years older than six, and I still can't breathe. And I just went through, I mean, I've gone through allergists, I've gone through pulmonary people, you name it, and they send me back and forth to one another and then declare, oh, well, you have allergies. And then the allergist says, no, you don't. You don't have allergies. You are sensitive to the environment. Well, no shit, Sherlock. I almost slapped him. Anyway, uh, I give up and then I go to acupuncturist, then I go to herbs and I do this and that. And then I found this book and I couldn't believe some of what I was reading because I know this intuitively. One of the things that he talks about is we all know about sleep apnea, but he talked about email apnea. And he says, over time, we build this habit that contributes to our inability to sleep along with many other habits. But he says, we're in a constant state of partial attention. Now, Johann Hari in his book, Stolen Focus, talks about how our focus has been stolen. And we do, we think multitasking is so fabulous, but it doesn't do us any good because uh, we may get things done better than the people who only have to focus on one thing at a time, but we're not quite there. We're not fully present. And so this state of perpetual distraction causes our breathing to become shallow and erratic. Now, I've noticed that just in working on the computer or uh, doing anything, not only am I hunched over but I realize that my shoulders are up near my ears, and I think, stop it, just relax, drop your shoulders, take a breath, sit up straight. And sure enough, I feel better. And you know, it's just amazing. When I can't breathe, I am mouth breathing all the time. And That certainly doesn't help matters. I grew up in an addicted home. And, you know, the one thing that I say you can count on in a home that has chaos, the only thing you can count on in a chaotic home is that you can't count on anything. So as a result, people in the home don't breathe deeply. They're not relaxed. And so, one of the things in my work with adult children of alcoholics that I have found out personally, and I've seen through many of them, is they need to practice breathing. And I have to stop and practice breathing because the anxiety of living in that chaotic home taught me to either underbreathe or overbreathe. And so, I'm either hyperventilating or I'm not breathing at all. When somebody is very anxious, telling them to take a breath doesn't always work. As a matter of fact, sometimes it makes it easier. So without realizing it, I want you to ask yourself, how many times a day do I hold my breath? And how many, days, how many times a day do I shallow breathe? And one of the things that Nestor points out in his book is that the modern um, diseases that we have are really caused by humanity. And there are many ancient texts that uh, he shows that way back, I think, 500 B.C. in many of the dynasties, there were instructions on how to exhale and inhale and how to this art, lost art of breathing. So what I wanna leave you with is no more rambling because I'm rambling with my nose clogged. And I challenge you to start focusing on your breath. And what is it that you need to do to improve your way of breathing? Okay, the, I'm going to do it, and, and we'll check back with one another. In the back of this book are a whole bunch of different breathing methods, and I'm not talking about, you know, some of the popular ones today. I'm talking about ways to breathe in order to get settled, grounded, um, deep. In fact, he even talks about using a certain kind of Turkish gum I don't know about that, but um, I recently had COVID. Can you believe this? Three years I missed it and six shots. But boy, I couldn't breathe even worse than I normally couldn't breathe. So I'm going to really investigate changing the way I breathe, changing the way I hold the anxiety and the tension in my body, changing the way I sit up straight, And drop those shoulders and take a breath. Most of the time, when I try to take a deep breath, I cough. And I'm going to try to eliminate that because I'm sick and tired of physicians just treating emergencies and not helping me get to the problem of why breath is such a problem for me. So, if you want to know the book again, it's Breath by James Nestor, N-E-S-T-O-R, and it was out in 2020. Happy breathing! Thank you for listening to The Recovered Therapist, where we keep topics honest, simple, and hopeful. I love you. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next time.